This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Bananimals. Hey. It is yet another mini-sode. It's a mini-sode. It's a Bananas mini-sode. These are your banana stories sent to us, read by us, and sometimes they spark a story from Curdy B or myself. I'm Scotty Landis. I'm Kurt Brownoller. And, you know, maybe maybe they'll spark a little something today, Scotty. Maybe we got a, we got a few stories up our sleeve mm-hmm. to tell. We really do. Before we get into it, because I think this will be the yeah. last one under the wire, you're performing comedy in Portland in April for listeners listening in six months or a year from in now. And these are released. This might May. not. Oh, May. Here. May 13th, 14th, and 15th. Helium in Portland, Oregon. It's going to be socially distanced. It's going to be awesome. Come on out. Go we'll out. Have fun. We'll say put, hi to each other afterwards. Put those banana butts in some banana seats and laugh at Banana Boy number one, Kurt Brown. Come on now. Come on. Hey. How you doing, buddy? I'm really good. I had a very relaxing day. I did some light gardening. I did some light laundry. I, uh, I just had a very normal day, and I had no complaints. Those are good. gold mines these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, do you want me to tell you uh, a little something that was sent in to us? Boy, would I love it. Okay, this is coming in from Avery Cobb. Thank mm-hmm. you, Avery, for listening. Thanks, Avery. Uh, hey, pals. I am a nurse in Canada. Nurse okay. is number one right off the bat. Canada Guys, number one. <laughs> it's true. Double whammy here from Avery. And yep. I want to tell you about some of the kookiest things that have happened at my job. Keep in mind yes. I work primarily with geriatric old people at a big oh boy. hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was once trying to help one of my patients to go for a walk around the unit, noticed their underpants seemed weighed down. Oh Wondered boy. what the deal was. I sat yeah. them down to check, only to find <laughs> in his underwear a bracelet of unknown origin, oh. many, many packets of gauze and alcohol wipes, three uh-huh. pens, change, <laughs> and two full-size National Geographic magazines. Wow. When I asked him if he knew that those items were in there, he said, well, I oughta. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean... Uh- you ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer, but God, that's so good. Okay, so he's hanging low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was just like one little story. Here's another one. Mm-hmm. On a night shift, in order to attempt to keep one of my dementia patients from wandering off of the unit, 
I thought that it would be a wonderful idea to print off coloring pages from online to give them something to occupy themselves. Very nice. He sat with us for over an hour, diligently coloring the pages I provided him with. Mm-hmm. I left for my break thinking that I was absolutely killing it at my yes. job. When I returned, he had put himself back to bed, apparently exhausted, as my buddy nurses told me. I went to look at his coloring pages, only to find that I was accidentally tormenting him by not providing enough instructions with the coloring pages. Instead, I found what color where. You need to be more specific. And where or what should be written all over the pages. I mentally exhausted him until he simply gave up and went to bed. I keep those pages with me every day in my work bag and she sent them to me like there is a little bit of coloring and then it's just criticism of the nurse <laughs> oh that's so funny but she was like trying to do the right thing sometimes you do, do the, the right, right things thing. god and you just uh, what is it the road to hell is paved with good intentions like uh, oh you did the right thing yeah this reminds me of you know my mom was a pediatric nurse mm-hmm. and uh, I would uh, you know I would go to work with her a lot okay. as a kid because if my mom, if my, you know, my mom would often work like doubles and she would maybe have like a babysitter for the night shift, right. but not okay. for the day shift. So I would have to go to work with her and it was a pediatric floor. Uh-huh. So obviously other kids around, it's kind of makes sense. There's like a playroom, you know, so I would oh, be that's like a five year old and I would just be like running around the pediatric floor. Yes. And this was in the eighties um, when like you could still smoke <laughs> So like oh, sure. Nur- what a healthy <laughs> thing to do in the hospital. What a perfect choice. All the doctors and nurses sw- smoked at the nur- at like the central thing yes. that's in the middle of the floor. Yes. They're always just smoking, which is so insane. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and then they would give me jobs to do. And as like a five-year-old. The best, And this right? was like, yeah, this is amazing. I was like, it felt so important. Yeah. But this is, again, in the 80s where like this was before AIDS uh, they would literally just hand a five-year-old just like hot bags of blood. <laughs> what? Like take take these to the lab, <laughs> oh, and then I'd no. be like, "I'm on an adventure." <laughs> and I would, oh like, my god! Like, to go down to the lab, you know, I'd take the elevator. It was like very exciting. Yeah. Would, like, always like get down to the basement and then kind of kind of forget which door was the lab and then yes. like, kind of just like knock on a door and just like hand blood to people yes and like what is this who are you i'm like sorry i can't talk to strangers and like run away <laughs> oh blood boy <laughs> bring me that sack of blood blood boy oh that's so fun yeah whenever you're a kid and you get an assignment or you feel it all official you just carry that out so so well but that is crazy i mean yeah. that is so funny it was such a crazy place, and there was this guy, and this is the scribbling thing, really reminded me of this. There was a guy named Mr. Nagy, and he worked there. I think he must have, I mean, worked there for, my mom worked there for 50 years. Mm-hmm. He probably worked there for at least 45 years, right? Mm-hmm. And when I remember, when I was a child, I remember him being an old man. Yes. At like five. I remember Old people old used man. to be older, by the way. It's not yeah, like agreed. 50-year-old people used to look 80, and 80-year-old yeah. people looked like uh, the Crypt Keeper. It's yeah. crazy that old people used to look older. And he and this guy, I think he was Romanian. I think he was okay. a Romanian immigrant. He mm-hmm. had no family. And he was a janitor at the hospital. My mom would always say hi to him. And then Sounds she like, nice. slowly noticed 
like that, um, you know, like things just didn't seem right with Mr. Nagy. And then she kind of like looked into it. Yeah. And she found out that he had not been working at the hospital for like five years, but he yes. was still coming to work oh. and no, and not getting a check wow. or anything because he didn't know what to do and he didn't have any other family. So my mom like like essentially took care of him for like the last 10 years of his life. Like yeah. she made sure like he, he, she got him into a home and then make sure like that he, um, you know, he had food and everything yeah, and all that taken sort of care stuff. of, of course he never, so this was the craziest part. Uh, so he was a war, he was a ward of the state, but my mom was like his guardian or whatever. Yeah. And it comes up with this thing. And there's a movie about this. That's, uh, like people taking advantage of old people who have a ton of money. Nope. I hate it. Not for me. I would Not never me. do that. And so this is the opposite of that. But this dude had hundred. He lived literally eating just like a can of tuna fish a day. <laughs> and he was like, and he worked at the hospital for like 45 years. So by the end, he was like making pretty good money. Yeah. It's just like automatic, like one or two percent pay increases right. a year or something. And then Aww. he also was getting Social Security. And it was just she had like five hundred thousand dollars in the bank, and so my mom was like, and he would like live. He like literally had like a, like a like a a, a table that was made out of a, a cardboard box, and so my yeah. mom like moved him into this place, bought him real furniture, and then but he would stuffed all day long. He would just sit and write letters, uh-huh. hundreds and hundreds of pages of these letters. Those he, oh, he would do all day long. Yes, and then he would stuff them into the pages into the insides of this chair that he would sit on. Wow! And then my mom like fished them all out after he died, and they were just the teeniest, tiniest <laughs> scribbles okay. of nothing, just lines. Uh, just lines. Like no words at all. Just kind of just markings on paper. Pen on paper. Just pen on paper. Oh, no. And then he died w- and like $500,000 just went to the state. So, oh, fun. Okay. The whole point, guys, but that's is fascinating. spend your money. Spend yeah. your money. You don't take it with you. <laughs> I'm probably never going to have children. So, you know, I'm just going to have every credit card for the last five <laughs> years of my life and max them out. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's a crazy story. I wish that there was like a. That sounds like the beginning of a uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe type of thing, or like yeah. Percy Jackson, where it's like some. Your mom finds those pages, and then some kid finds binoculars, and he, she can read them, and it's a story to get to. Oh a my place. god, I love that! I love that. Oh, that's a cool. That's a cool. I just like the the visual. It almost feels like a MoMA art installation to have paper yes. stuffed into a chair. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Maybe there's a kid's book in there. Yeah. I love that Great idea. story. God, that's yep. a, I, be, I bet nurses could just, oh, the things those right? poor angels see every day. We love nurses. Okay. Yep. Well, I have a story that is fresh off the banana phone as of 20 minutes ago, and Ooh. I'm just going to read you the text exchange. Oh, yeah, the banana phone. I'm still doing it. I'm, I'm going to keep doing, doing it until Mint Mobile cuts us off. <laughs> so the phone number is 213-214-7974. I don't if think I'm not we've working, had Mint I Mobile as an advertiser for in, in eight months. months now, <laughs> and we talk them up almost every episode. <laughs> well, I'm still trying to write Deadpool four. You know, Ryan Reynolds. I'm I'm very medium at the job. Okay, so this is hot off the. He's presses. good at his job, Ryan. Thank you, thank you. Um, this is from Robbie. 
And I'm going to read you uh, the text exchange exactly as it was sent. So first it says, hi, is this the banana phone? I wrote back, hi, this is the banana phone. Wow, cool. My sister, and I looked, I asked later, his sister's name is Mira. My sister Mira showed me your podcast to listen to while I deliver pizzas for Papa John's. And she wanted me to text you guys with one of the craziest stories I have for my job. Would you like to hear it, Kurt? Oh, hell yeah. That's what I wrote. I wrote, hell yes, tell me your craziest story. So, Robbie wrote back. So, I took a delivery not too far from the store I work at. Uh, It was just down the road. You have to drive about a mile down a dirt road to get to any of these houses. I live in Arizona, and dirt roads where I live aren't as uncommon as you'd think, (laughs) and I didn't think much of it. However, it had just started raining really badly the previous night, so I had to drive um, through mud the entire way. On the way up the road, I see a car pulled over, and two teenagers are waving me down. So I stop and unroll my window. And they didn't say anything at all. They just point at the ground a little past their car. And before I could ask what they were pointing at, uh, a bunch of fireworks exploded. And they just wanted me to watch. Okay. (laughs) So a great start to delivering a couple pizzas. Just a lot of rain, a muddy road, and two kids that apparently don't know how to communicate but point. And fireworks explode next to Robbie's car. Uh, I was a little irritated because they exploded so close to my car. And then I really just wanted my shift to be over, so I smiled and I kept driving. When I got to the house, I had to walk about a quarter mile down the driveway because my SUV Uh, couldn't fit through their small gate. Uh, I left the food on the bench outside and walked away because we have a no-contact delivery, and I just wanted to leave. Then, out of nowhere, I hear an extremely angry barking. When I look to the left... In the yard, I see a corgi running full sprint no. towards me. <laughs> so I was kind of spooked. But instead of running, I just walked a little bit uh, faster. Because <laughs> it, it is a corgi. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a, you're like, oh, it's an animal, but it's a yes. corgi. It's a loaf of bread on four wine corks just <laughs> teeter-tottering towards you. Um, but... When I turned around, my life flashes before my eyes. There was a horse bucking up on top of me, about about to step down on my head. So this this he turns around and there's a horse reared up with its front hooves right at this guy Robbie's head. Oh man, uh, I didn't even have time to process it. Again, this is your pizza delivery guy. Yeah. I didn't even have time to process it before a ranch hand grabbed the horse by its neck and swung it on top of the horse while it was on its two legs. I turned away, backing away in fear. I was paralyzed. And in the <laughs> and when I look back, this mythical cowboy who had just saved my life said, sorry, kid, and just kept walking. <laughs> so somehow it gets weirder. Okay, so, so wait, already. I'm, so wait, I'm, I'm still confused. I'm a little confused. Was okay. the cowboy on the horse, or was there a cowboy who just grabbed the horse's reins and pulled him that. away from the kid? Number two, the wow. the ladder. The guy just said, "Sorry about that." Kid sorry, kid. Away. Just sorry, kid. Takes the horse and, and walks away. So, after a moment, I decided to pick up the pace. Obviously, I think this mm-hmm. makes sense because I just needed to get out of this place as quickly as possible. I get to my car. Uh, and drive back down the street uh, when a fire truck starts flying towards me. 
I pull over as far as I can, but it's a very narrow, muddy road. So it was actually a little scary. When I get back to the end of the road, I notice the fire truck is near the guys lighting fireworks. Apparently, one of them lit one that was so big it caught a house on fire. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes. It caught a house on fire behind a little wall. I mean, this is so amazing. In I the sat- rain? This all happened in the rain? Well, it, I think at this point, maybe it had stopped raining. Not raining, sure. Right, maybe. Who knows? Right, um, like flash <laughs> <laughs> who knows? It's so incredible. Apparently, yeah. So I sat there and I watched as the owner of the house comes running out of the, into the yard with a crowbar, screaming at the kids that they're dead. They're already dead. Luckily, the police had already arrived and tackled the man with the crowbar. <laughs> This is so insane. They're already dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all, I guess you're dead. You're already dead. You know, when cops in the fire department mm-hmm. are standing at your house, always wise. Arizona is a different kind of state. Um, they then arrested the owner of the house and the two kids who were still playing with fireworks. I had to stop and give my statement. So when I got back to the store, I just <laughs> clocked out and took off the next day. So I wrote... Do you remember how much they tipped you? And he says, Robbie says, oh, yeah, that's the best part. They tipped me zero dollars. So he didn't even get a tip, um, this poor guy. Oh. Everybody in the great quarry, you tip as much as you possibly can. And even when it's not the great quarry, you tip at any delivery person, but yes. especially a pizza delivery person. Yes. It's, it's just like it is not they're going into like crazy situations over oh. and over and over again. I remember when I delivered yes. pizzas, oh it was like you would just sometimes be scared. Like you would walk up to a door and it'd just be like people screaming and like some crazy drunk would open the door and be like, who the fuck ordered pizzas? And then you'd be like, I don't know, but somebody did. Can you just give me 20 bucks? And then they yeah. wouldn't tip you and it'd be fucking awful. Yeah. Ugh. And now that that was before social media, really, like now that people yeah. can like film their, their great pranks, it's like, don't prank. Uh, let's not do any mean pranks on delivery people that are making money right now. If anything, prank them with how big your tip is. Or, <laughs> I mean, in college, uh, there are definitely delivery guys that we recognize that would come hang out and drink a beer or like like play video games or listen to music while delivering food to us and then leaving. But this story just... Sometimes those escalations, when I was a little kid, I lived on the street. I don't know if anybody from my neighborhood listens to Bananas. Probably not, but it was called Waywood Drive. Mm -hmm. And um, I was new. I was probably 11 and new to that long Mayberry type street. And all the older kids were teenagers. And they we would all play flashlight tag and hang out. And then one night they were all like, hey, we're going to go egg cars on this highway. And when they said that, it was like 15 of us. Every like everybody had eggs, but then people would just dig up gardens. People would throw mud bombs. Had two guys had paintball guns, so you would see these like so, these headlights coming at huh? night. By and then it would get hit in this way. I mean, it is an absolute miracle <laughs> that nobody ever died with any of that stuff. So, the first time I ever go, my mom's working. My sister's probably at a friend's house, so it's just my dad and I. I'm playing flashlight tag, very innocent, seems cool. We go egging, and we, we hit a bunch of cars, and my adrenaline is surging out of yeah. pure panic. I'm the youngest yeah. kid there. I'm just trying to fit in with the older kids. And so, like, the third car we just absolutely annihilate, just slams on the brakes, whips it in U-turn, and one of the older guys is like, run! So 15 kids scatter into the night. I hide behind this house. 
I'm like trembling. I see the person get out of the car. They start ringing doorbells on houses, but none of them were my neighbor. None of them were the kids that were throwing. Uh huh. And then this kid that was just visiting from another neighborhood who had been egging with us walks around the corner, walks right into the guy. And he's Ooh. like, Mike, is it you? And the guy's like, put your hands on your head. And so I just started running home. So from, the, <laughs> from where we were egging to my house is about a mile and a half. If anybody <laughs> a- ever asked me the fastest I've ever run in my entire life, like in pure darkness, I thought I was going to get killed. I thought I was going to get arrested. I, I like come home. I try to act cool. Like I don't even think my dad even noticed. Like run up to my room. I'm like hanging out. And then I just hear sirens. And I'm like, Ooh. here we go. I'm going to jail. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like they somehow know where you live. Like a th- they've and tracked like, you. Yes, they tracked my egg uh, amongst <laughs> all these. But I'm like, and I could see red lights, and the sirens are getting louder. And we lived in the trees. We lived in the woods, and and I just walked downstairs, and I was like. Dad, we were egging cars, and we egged this car, and this guy got out, and Nick walked over to him, and I think, and my dad's like, well, don't do that. Like, punish me in that way where he's like, well, I'm glad you told me. And then what had happened is, the reason I broke, I couldn't keep my cool at 11, was uh, lightning had struck a tree on my street at the same time, and the tree was on fire, and it was just two fire department trucks coming to put out a tree. It was is like, if the great neuron in the yeah. sky exists, it was like, Scotty, this is your warning to not be lawless in life. It's the it's the continuation of the cold open of the Breaking Bad pilot, you know, yes. where he's like all ready to like give himself up. And then it's just a fire truck oh. going down the street. Oh, oh. I love that. I it's love whatever that, so that is. You know, when you're a kid and your guilt is just racking. Like oh, you're trying. I'm not trying to get my friends in trouble. The new oh, friends. Yeah. I remember we uh, I don't have much time left in this podcast, but I'll do it real quick. Mm. I remember. First time smoking cigarettes yep. was, or the first time I ever inhaled. Oh, boy. Ten years old. Again, hung out with an older <laughs> I mean, crew. Insane. Already insane. <laughs> hung out old. with an older crew. Okay. So they were like 12, 12 and a half, 13. The coolest. And, uh, and it was like a big production of like buying. They're going to buy Newports because we couldn't yes. buy them at our like yes. local place, the Cracker Barrel. Unrelated to the Cracker Barrel, the Cracker Barrel. Our uh, number one, our number barrel. one restaurant on bananas is the Cracker Barrel. More <laughs> yeah. weird crap happens at Cracker yeah. Barrel than anywhere and else. This was just like a deli. This was just like a deli, like sure. a bodega in in Sharker Hills, New Jersey. And uh, so we sent the guy, the, the guy who didn't live like around the corner from the Cracker Barrel, to buy the cigarettes because they, they recognized us. Yeah. And uh, and this time in New Jersey, you could just buy cigarettes if you're twelve years old, which is so, so crazy. easy, so easy. Course bought Newports because they're the can- they're the cigarette that looks most like candy. Yes, and then we're going to the woods and we're like smoke them. Um, and it, oh, the, he called. He called from the payphone. He called my friend Francis's house and just said, "The pita bread is in the hole." And hung up. <laughs> and then that meant we like he yes. had the cigarettes, so we amazing like, left the code. House. A little yeah. Greek friend. <laughs> God, that's and funny. then we had it, and I remember. Like we didn't know how to do it at first, so we would just like, yeah, we would just like, like put it in our mouths, you know, yeah, as fast as you can, thirty hits a minute, but never like inhale. That's that's still how. And then like the next weekend, because then we would put it in a plastic bag and bury Mm -hmm. it in the in the yes, classic, classic kid, the best, classic kid shit. Then the next week, I remember 
went back and Francis was like, I was at the arcade in Belmar this weekend and uh-huh. I found out you're supposed to inhale. And we were like, that's insane. How would what? you even do that? It's so, <laughs> why would you want that in your lungs? He's like, this is how you do it. Get yeah. A little puff and then you inhale a lot of air. And mm. then we all did it and then just were like, like all just fell onto the ground. I mean, and I remember it. falling yeah. into a, bushes and looking up and seeing a helicopter and being like that's my mom she's found me (laughs) barb is in barbara is in the helicopter she's in the chinook the cigarette chinook that looks for (laughs) underage kids inhaling cool newport cigarettes wow I know the, the 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 fear. I know it's the a fear. Sign of a good kid when they have that level of fear. And I would have yeah. gotten away with it, but yeah, the great neuron had to strike a tree on the Eberhart's farm and light it on fire. So there you Love go. It. Well, we've done it again, Scotty. That is it for this mini sode, but we'll be back in two weeks with another one. So stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and we'll be out of this thing soon. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.